I should be ashamed to say I listen to Taylor Swift. I, I like I, I haven't. I don't even know that song. You don't know Taylor. You don't know that song. I don't. Stephen. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. yeah! Hey, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. This is your boy. My name is Stephen Smith. We're here. I'm your host. And I'm here in the studio, a.k.a., you know, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> With Clelia. Clelia, what's your last name? Davis. Davis. God, just like Jason Davis. You, you related to Jason? No. No, no relation. Okay, guys, no. no I, I thought it was. <laughs> so we're here with Clelia Davis. She's a science lecturer at the Clarence Fitzroy College, which yes. is the college I went to. You went to Clarence? Yes. I also went to Clarence we had passed the same zones but yeah guys we're here we're going to be talking about love languages today we're also going to be talking about love in general what people think about love what our grandparents went through and a whole bunch of other things um <laughs> concerning love and human relations yes god forbid but before exciting we get into stuff exciting yep yes all right so before we go into all of that we're gonna go the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do our fact of fiction and i'm gonna give you five statements mm, boy and you're going to tell me if you think they're true or false. Okay. You only have two options. Simplest 50, game in the 50 world. 50 chance. <laughs> well, I mean. Of getting it right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, theoretically. But mm. you're going to get them right. I feel like you are. All right. So one, it only takes up to four minutes to decide whether you like someone or not. It only takes up to four minutes to decide whether you like someone or not. True or false? True. True. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because someday I'm like okay if I see this guy in a minute and I'm irks uh, next no, one next. All. <laughs> it's like it's like what they call a tinder you give him the tinder the swipe ah, no the swipe <laughs> swipe left swipe left oh alright so number two love is purely an original word and was created rather recently love is purely an original word and was created rather recently true or false, false. absolutely false <laughs> love is a word derived from Sanskrit the term love is from the Sanskrit lube Lubiati. 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 Meaning mm. desire. Desire, yeah. Wow, you know these things. Come <laughs> on. It's gonna be an easy game. Alright, number three. Studies show that women are much more likely to fall in love um than men at first sight. Studies show that women are much more likely to fall in love than men at first sight. True or false? Hmm. Got hard, isn't it? False. It is false. Men are much more <laughs> likely than women. 48% versus 28% to fall in love at first sight. Uh. Did not know that. <laughs> Could have swear it would have been the opposite way around. But you know right? what? Men are foolhardy like that. It's like, I want you. <laughs> I know. I don't know you, but I want you. <laughs> All right, so number four. The richest couples surveyed were less likely to be happy than those with less money. The richest couples surveyed were less likely to be happy than those with less money. True or false? The richest couples surveyed were more likely to be less happy? Yes. As in, to put it in a different way, richer couples are less happy than poorer couples. Poorer couples. couples. True or false? True. True. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Batting a hundred. And you try. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. You don't win the game. All right. In fact... Couples who earn 20000 or less argue less frequently than couples who earn 250000 to $500,000. True. 
true. No, is that's that's supporting number four. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes, but it is true. Um, okay, number five. Men remarry more often than women. True or false? Men remarry more than women. More. Men remarry more often than women. True or false? False. It's true. It's you true. Almost had like that would that would almost been the first five out of five. Oh my god! It is true. Men, I, men. Data find that sixty four percent of previously married men said. Let me just read that again. Sixty four percent of previously married men said I do again, compared to fifty two percent of formerly married women. Wow. One yeah. reason for this gap could be that more than half of previously married women don't want to ever marry again compared to 30% of men, according to 2014 Pew Research Center survey. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. Wow. I didn't, I, I didn't, some of these I was really like, a <laughs> okay, so question to you, just mm-hmm. off the cuff, question for you. When was the first time, when was the first time you ever fell in love with somebody? Maybe when I was, 18? 18? Mm-hmm. Solid? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I was a good girl in high school, okay? <laughs> 18. So, so, so in high school, you just do schoolwork, friendship, that's it? You know, like there, there was people who you like and stuff like that, but it wasn't as serious for love mm. or sex or nothing like that. It was just... Oh, you got your little boyfriend. Everybody had their little boyfriend, you know? Everybody who they talk to on the phone or who they text and mm. that kind of thing. But uh, that was child's play. That was child's play compared to what you experienced when yeah. you were 18. But hey, I tell you the truth, I felt like the first time I fell in love was when I was like 10. Yeah. 10? What? <laughs> well, I like, and I think I attributed to the first time that I've ever felt like my heart was broken. Then mm-hmm. again, I think I was an emo kid. Like, oh, you know, it was emotional. Um, but when I was 10, I think I had, a, you know, you got a little girlfriend. And I was mm-hmm. in primary school. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I loved this woman. And so I used to write love letters and them kind of things. <laughs> yeah, boy, send it off. And so I remember one time, like, I was in primary school and my teacher ended up reading. Oh, my God. It was mostly one of the notes? One of the notes. Not out loud, though. Out loud to oh the my entire gosh. class. And she used me as an example. She was like, you see, this is not what you're supposed to be doing in school. You're supposed to be studying in school. <laughs> and I tell you, I don't know if I had any lyrics. I can't remember what I wrote, but I just remember her reading it out to the entire class. And this but was people didn't know it was you, though. They did, yeah. She said, she said. Mortified. Mortified. Oh, my terrible. gosh. terrible. And it's amazing because the girl that I wrote it to didn't like me at all. She didn't. Oh boy! Didn't like it. So, so like, that's like a double whammy. It was a double whammy, and it was like deal so and so, and she read everything. That's just everything, horrible. Everything, <laughs> everything, and it's like after that, the girl, she, I guess she was flattered by it, and then it just ended up again. It just ended up going nowhere. I mean, I ended up going to Virtuals High School. She went to like Bastia High School. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. There's nothing really. I mean, we had no cell phones then. Times, right. So. Yeah, that was the first time I think I really felt. Wow. Uh, that sounded like infatuation. It was quite strong infatuation. <laughs> it, was, it was passionate. Passionate. Was passionate infatuation. Mm-hmm. But like, what, your, your first time, so you were still with the person that you fell in love with. That's, that's what you're saying? Nope. Bye. No. <laughs> what? I think. Drink on that. My mother said. 
My mother wanted me to feel like the first person she fell in love with was my dad. I don't, I don't think. Uh, I, I, I spoke to my grandmother and I was like, so she got married when she was 33. And I'm like, so granny, grandpa, because he died before, he died when I was one. So I didn't get a chance to, to meet him, him uh-huh. you know. So I was like, uh, grandpa, so granny, grandpa was your first everything she's mm-hmm. like yeah you know because we ain't like our young people know who does just give it everything oh. and i'm like <gasps> um you never had somebody who you liked before you go on a date and stuff like that uh-huh. you know and she she said i think she was reluctant, she was reluctant. Uh-huh. you know but um one of her friends god rest her soul um she told me that she had a boyfriend. <laughs> so I'm like, but Granny, you ain't tell me about this yeah, other boyfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, this you know? Uh-huh. So she was kind of not trying to answer. Oh, she was reluctant you to know? tell You know, but I don't know what truth there was behind of what the other lady told me. Mm-hmm. Or she was just messing with me or something. But, um, you know, she said that was her first love and everything. And she just gave me the full-on love story. She did about the guy? About her husband, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so not... No, not the guy. Not her, the guy. Her, Not the imaginary guy. <laughs> her husband. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was so sweet because she said, you know, back in them days, everybody would just marry ex- really young, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, would, yeah. So she said she felt like she wanted to see the world before she get into any serious relationship and stuff like that. So she was living That's in Curacao. man. Yeah, she was living in Curacao. But um, Grandpa at the time, you know, he, he was this distinguished man. What? Um, he was uh, the the uh-huh. manager at the ginnery, the cotton ginnery. And, you know, Manager? Yes. And so you know what that means in that day and age? A little money. You know? <laughs> So, um, she went off and he was pleading with her, don't go, don't go, I want to marry you and whatever. And she was like, no, you're not going to hold me back. And um, uh, I want to go and see, you know, another place and whatnot. And she said she ended up staying in Curiosa for like five years. Mm -hmm. And he wrote to her all the time and, you know, said, I want to marry you. I want you to be my wife. I saw you all this time, X, Y, and Z. And she said, you know, when she came back, I guess her heart melted at some point. At some point, yeah. And uh, when she came back, they got married and they got two children. Um, and because you said history. This, because you said this always, and she's like, attention draws affection. Mm. Like it, it's not; it's just the consistency yeah, of somebody pursuing you. Yeah. Like you, you, you tend to draw some from like some affection for them because mm-hmm. of that. Like you just start to care and all it. I don't know. I, I think honestly, I think um, back in them times, they probably used to do their thing, but they just never used to publicize it. You know, what I mean, like it's like with the the with the 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 invention of things like Facebook and so like social media. You, and social media, and we just live in this closely knit, a closer yeah. knit. Um, sort of, of, of community where you could kind of see and hear more things. Right. Like the information comes to you without people having to necessarily reach physically to your door and tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with that, we kind of more entwined into other people's lives so we could see when they change their relationships really quickly. Right. Because your grandfather might have had somebody in between, you never know. Somebody to keep him company. You never know. He just never loved them as much. Exactly. But why? My grandmother, she got married when she was 17. Mm. when she was 17 um she her story was i don't know i don't know how this this is things these things will be weird to me <laughs> because i don't think these things i don't know how these things happen at that time but mm-hmm. my grandfather basically saw a picture of a um just a normal regular schmegular sepia picture mm-hmm. and 
he saw a picture of her and he was like, I like her. And yeah. he was in England and she was down here and he sent for her and she went to England and Bati booty the boom. What? Love at first sight? These things, <laughs> these things just be crazy to me. Like, how? There's no Facebook. You, you see multiple, one shot. One picture. One picture. And he's just like, this is it for me. This woman is, this woman is destined to be mine. Wow. And I'm like, that's a little weird, granny. It's crazy. That's a crazy. And she got married, gave him three kids. Mm-hmm. This is history. I don't know, but man, we we. I think I don't know if love. Do you think love changed? Do, what do you think? Is it that love changed from the older days to now? Eyes. Um, I think love is revolutionary, and it's different from everybody's own perspective. You know. Um. So, like I was telling you earlier, I asked a few persons what they actually think love is. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> some of the responses were expected. And I was trying to see if I could see any commonalities or differences, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And so, so you did research for this. Imagine, I feel like <laughs> I have to say this here at this junction. I feel incredibly honored that you would want to do research for this project. I, I, sure. I, I, guys, I didn't tell her to do this. I said, you know, just come through. Let's just have a conversation. She's like, well, I'm going to do a survey. <laughs> That's and the scientist in me. survey? What are you doing? This is oh not... Oh, my God, Steven. It wasn't that serious. But that, that was just like the scientist in me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, person, some persons were like, oh, love, love could be anything. Love could be One, anything. Once, once you feel it, you know. And I'm like, what does that mean? That's, well, so, That's so vague, right? Right? So I'm like, could you explain to me a little bit more what you mean? Mm. So they're like, oh, um, okay, so you could love food. You could love being around somebody. You could love... I said, but how do you define the word yeah, love? Define. Like, what does that mean to you? And for some persons, it was very hard to articulate, you mm. know? And um, I had one couple that they actually did a little interview and they sent it to me. <laughs> so they were like, oh, um, you know, love is when you would do something for somebody and like prioritize their feelings over yours, uh, what doing something that you know they would like to do and, and something like that. And like at some juncture in the conversation, they were still kind of conflicted because they're like, what is love? Like everybody had their own meaning for love based on the experiences. And so, Bye. so uh, that is one of the reasons why I wanted to ask uh, various perspectives because it's so hard. Like even if you go on Google or you go to the dictionary to try and, and, and look up a meaning, it's so many different meanings of love, you know? So, okay. Me personally, I feel like love is an action word mm. because I, I don't use it as a noun. I don't just say I love you and it has no quote-unquote meaning, mm-hmm. you know. I, I would say I can show you love. I can express my love as such mm-hmm. based on, if you're going to talk about like a romantic relationship, um, I will be faithful to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't betray your trust and, and things like that because I feel like I have to be able to trust you in mm-hmm. order to love you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. Everybody so, has a different... I, I, I guess everybody has different markers, but I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm feeling it. Uh-huh. So, um, like I was saying, a lot of persons, they were saying, well, I would do this for somebody. I would make time and... and mm-hmm. It you now brings me back to the fact that, okay, well, 
even without them knowing, they're talking about ways they would communicate love, and um, they're not really saying that is what it is. Oh, I see what you're you know. Uh-huh. So, like for instance, one of my friends, she was like, "Oh well, um, I had this ex, and um, I told her that I was going to." Well, no, he, he said he didn't. She didn't know. Sorry, mm. but. He put her on his life insurance and he said he wanted to make sure that in anything she was good, she was straight. And this was his ex. And this was his ex. Yeah. So, um, you know, I said, well, that's like act of service. That's like a serious act of service. You know, so like, don't let the the current one know. Don't let the current one know. He said, well, she's not on there anymore. He said, but at the time, you know, he, he just wanted to make her well, not make her feel whatever, because like I said, she didn't know, but he just wanted to know that if anything happens, she's fine. good to go, you know? So he took off? Yes. So you don't love her no more? That's what <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I guess somebody else is in, um, in his picture. life that, you know, took that place or whatever. But um, I said, yeah, that's an act of service, you know, for you to do something that valuable for somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, that is expressing that love. Mm -hmm. So um, I was telling him about the the book, The Five Love Languages, Five Languages Before we touch that, (laughs) because that's probably going to be the heat, the heart of the argument. I think it's interesting to note a couple of things, because there's a couple of beats, a couple of things that we think we need to unpack before we even move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to faithfulness, like, I think people see um, love needing different things. Like, I used to feel like, um, well, if somebody cheats on somebody, they ain't love them. They can't never, mm-hmm. ever. That, that is the absolute opposite of love. And like, the older I get, the more I realize that there's more nuance to a, a, a relationship than what our conventional beliefs would have us think. Right. Like somebody cheating on you um, or somebody cheating on cer- in certain relationships might not mean that the person is any less in love with that person. Like one time I had, there's this conundrum that I've been dealing with, um, with a f- in my circles in small conversations. And I was like, suppose you and somebody are together and for whatever intents and purposes you can't provide for them something that they need mm-hmm. um for example say the person is into masso what do you call that masso masso masochism masso masso sensuality what do you call that when you when you're masso, masochistic in your sexuality oh yeah that's like bdsm and all of that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you're into that sort of thing your partner is completely uncomfortable doing that um but you guys agree that okay you're gonna find this in another place you're gonna go and use a service or a person or whatever mm-hmm. and this is going to be the arrangement going forward are you okay with it you know it takes probably an incredible amount an incredible amount an incredible amount of maturity to and not just maturity but just understanding to know i can't provide this for you we are going to get this done for so, you, mm-hmm. all right? And this is going to happen on a third-party level. But this is the understanding. Again, I've grown to see that that is something that people agree to. That's, and that, I don't and think that... And the opposite. What? And the opposite. And the opposite? And the opposite. Sacrificing things that you like. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. She always drops in, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what she but yeah, but yeah, but either way, the sacrifice both back and forwards. It's just 
it's it's not a representation of conventional love because we have conventional to love love to be just monogamy and like we are together forever like lovebirds and on and try. Mm-hmm. But there are certain nuances and there are certain scenarios where somebody asks because of the arrangement, it doesn't mean that they are any less in love or any less for each other mm-hmm. because of that. So like I don't know. So the whole faithful thing, I do admit that like you know if you're lying like. You're completely out here just telling lies and so on. Like, I, I think you don't have a lot of respect for the person. But in terms of if I feel like you love them less, because I've, I've, I've lied I mean, to people, my mother. and People I, make I mistakes at the same time, but that doesn't really mean that they don't love you. You, you know, they, they won't show that love. I express that love for you. So, no, this is where forgiveness comes in. Of course. You know? And not only just forgiveness, but there, there just has to be a certain understanding of respect too because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is to have somebody do something that hurts you. And they keep doing keep it. Keep doing it, yeah. Um, and and you, you might be like, okay, well, um, you obviously can't love me because you keep doing something that hurts me. But there is so much more nuance to that because you gain on to the understanding of why is this person doing this all the time? That's, that's an interesting perspective to take. Um, if you don't want it to happen and you this is a, a deal breaker for you, you gotta be honest with yourself too. Mm-hmm. Like staying there is not you're not doing anybody any favors by sticking around in a situation that makes you consistently unhappy. unhappy. Yeah. Um, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not you're not a hero. You're doing yourself a disservice. But you're also doing the whole engagement a disservice because mm-hmm. both of you, if this person has needs that you can't provide and you can't accept what they do to you that it comes off as disrespectful. The only thing that you're doing is harming each other. He, yeah. he or she needs to find somebody else True. that could either A, deal with what they need, B, B, do what they need them to do, or C, challenge them to grow past this toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to challenge them to be past that toxic behavior, then you're probably just wasting your time and years. You're waiting around for something to change that might never change. Right. Of course, I don't know when you should break it. I have not figured out that. <laughs> And I think some people also, because we have such conflicting um, ideas of what love is, that is where um, like a lot of contention comes in. Because I may think that you have to show me love this way. Mm-hmm. This is what love is. This is it. Yeah, yeah you know, this is it. Bridget. And you know, coming in, you more relax. You you feel like okay. Once I have the the tingling feeling and all of that, which is you now like the chemistry mm-hmm. part of it, um, that is love. Like I never like from a man's perspective, um, a guy was telling me like you could just feel when you're in love with somebody, and I'm like. Tell me what you mean by that. What what you 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 really mean mean by that? So you're challenging (laughs) the man on his feelings. I said, okay, (laughs) think about Lady A and Lady B. What's the difference between if you say you love both of them? How you know that you love them? You love them differently. You love them the same. Like what was your control? And oh my God, this is the science again. You know. So like what what um. What did you use as some sort of measure in order to help you articulate to A or B, you know, I love you and, and how, how you should I love and, and that kind of thing, you know. And it stumped him because he keep telling me, oh, I just know. And that ain't, that ain't enough for me because I, 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 I don't understand what that means, you know. But at the same time, I had to be like, you know what, that is how he feels about it. Mm-hmm. So... I just leave it, let it be. Yeah. But I mean, from a, I mean, you're a biologist and a chemist. Um, from from the perspective of biology, is love just a catalyst for us to breed? 
From a biological standpoint, yes. Okay. It's a me. We here. I mean, point blank period. We here to reproduce and die. Uh, it sounds very pass um, the okay. genetic material on. <laughs> pass the genetic on in as much variation as, as possible. possible. And, and 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 that's but it. But then in that case, then <laughs> is it is it by a we could go to go do this because. <laughs> There's there's a there's a um there's an argument that says like and I, I hate the argument but I'm gonna say mm-hmm. um a man wanting to have multiple partners is just an evolutionary way if an, a, a way of evolution that he could pass as much genetic material in as much varied circumstances to yeah. to further <laughs> improve the chances. <laughs> Of having descendants that are healthy and yeah. that could thrive. You know, it's so strange that you said that because um, from a biological point of view, if you really look at nature, most of the species are polygamous. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only about 0.0001% of monogamous um, species that exist. Like 12 out of 8 million, right? So... <laughs> Ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, when, when you really look at what nature entails, some persons, I know some biologists are, are strong advocates for humans are not polygamous beings, especially males. Mm. They are not polygamous um, beings because they want to pass on their, their genes, their mm. genes to as many women as possible to ensure that their progeny is um, you know, generated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Increase, so, the, increase the um the, the probability of a healthy decision. yes so they they would do so in in two ways in order to just have um like a healthy offspring mm-hmm. so they would make sure that they fish off to as many persons as possible, as possible. Mm-hmm. or they would like stick to one mate and nur- help nurture that mate mm-hmm. you know but that is in the minority and you no know, with Human beings, we we sort of have this imbalance because we have logic, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and uh, we have the ability to communicate using words. So it's it's no like okay, well, I feel like I'm supposed to have this like my person mm-hmm. forever and ever, amen. But from other person's point of view, they they look at it more like no, I supposed to be able to have. This woman, this woman, this woman, and this woman, and they would even try and quote the Bible and say, "Well, look at Solomon. He had a uh, how many wives and how uh, many concubines? He had three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines. Concubines, right? Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. So, that's too much, woman. That's <laughs> another part of my head. It's been so, preached so often in church. Oh boy! But the thing is, I mean, I, I think, I think too, it we being a little. Unfair because most most um, species don't have such long gestation periods as as human True. beings. Human beings have nine months worth of maternity. Um, most animals, it's sometimes a few months. Mm-hmm. Some animals, a few weeks. Some animals could breed multiple children at once to hi- to hi- heighten the probability of right. some surviving. But human beings generally generally have one offspring every night, well, every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and to increase the probability of that offspring having life and being healthy. And, and also remember, something I, w- I watched today when I was doing some research on the topic. Um, when a, a horse is born, it could walk, I think, in hours. I think it's yeah. eight, eight hours? Eight to ten hours or so. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It could walk in some amount of hours. 
human beings can't walk for almost a year, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and it just spells the vulnerability of this offspring. Like it needs this this nurturing. child will need as much nurturing mm-hmm. as possible. So if you have nine children being born at the same time and you're a single the single male within that society that polygamous society how effective would you be at protecting and defending each and every one of those nine children and that's the struggle that a lot of men have and they just be like oh to hell with it you know <laughs> wife is wife you know like to hell with it but it's more it's more than that too because even with Solomon if you're going to use that as a testament and again I'm, I'm breaking down the argument because I think it's an argument that I hear way too often and it's an argument if you think about it you could think about it one way if you think about it the other way you're not taking everything into into consideration, into consideration. Mm-hmm. Solomon was a king yep like he had limitless resources and all of these women lived in the palace just where will you put your resources if you had nine children at once? How much of us could really equally provide for each of these children and every child has the same amount of, 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 of um, highest probability of having so um, financial backing, your own time mm-hmm. and effort, to, your guidance, everything. It is impossible. You cannot raise nine children equally at once. Like, and, and I think that's why biologically, even for a woman, it's usually one. Mm-hmm. The, the off, the, there's, a, there's a real chance you might get two, even real three, even real four. And as oh. it goes up, rarer and rarer and rarer. It's a rarity that you're going to have one woman having nine children at one time. Yep. And even then, most of them would tell you they would not want this to happen to them again. Exactly. It is too much. The children are just too needy. So I don't know. 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 I, don't, <laughs> I guess love is different for different people. But we also have, I think there's a, there's a problem with male, the male ego that kind of contaminates the whole love process. We, again, we want to have as much women to prove our manliness as, yeah. as, 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 as you're the man. possible. And I think mm. in previous times, like maybe even in ancient times, that was cool because at the end of the day, most of us would die anyway. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so you like, want to leave your legacy, right? If you want to be Genghis mm-hmm. Khan, you had to be Genghis Khan, baby. You mm-hmm. couldn't do anything else. But like, no, we do not live in a time of scarcity. We live in a time of abundance. abundance. We do not Brave. need. There's a very, if you get a child tomorrow, your, your child is exposed to extremely good medical care by any standard of any time in history. Even in St. Kitts, the, the, the medical, exactly. And, and I'm saying even in St. Kitts because our, our medical system might not be as sophisticated as... Yeah, the best, yeah. As, you know, the bigger countries mm-hmm. and whatnot, America and even Russia. And but even by any standards, go 100 years back and tell me if you would rather go in America 100 years back Versus being in St. Kitts, no. Mm-hmm. You would never choose America 100 years back. Because the, 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 the medical, the, the, the medicine has gotten so good. Not only that, we have food in supermarkets. Go back 100 years. You had to been, go and pick food. Exactly. Yeah. You had to have a farm. I'll be close to it. Yeah. I'll be producing some resource that could be traded for food. Like right now, you just need money. Little pieces of paper. We got to that point. So like, again, we're not in that period where having a lot of children is necessarily... A great thing. We mm. just it's just not it's not financially prudent, it's not gonna help your career unless your career is so, being polygamous. <laughs> so true, so true. But I don't know, what does love what does love mean to I mean what do, could we see love? Because I mean I see love in a lot of different spectrums and one of the spectrums is financial gain. Like I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna say. 
Because I think we've we've evolved to a point where it's no longer what could I do for you as a man, like what could I a man do for you as a woman? But I've heard the argument, what could you as a woman do for me as a man? Not just sexually, uh, you look pretty, you uh, give me children. Because again, more children don't necessarily yes. increase your wealth. Mm-hmm. What could you as a woman bring to the table? No. It could could you see that as love or is that not love? Is that like manipulation? What 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 do you feel about that? Um, I think there's a fine line. I don't think it's manipulation. Um I think it's like knowing self-worth, knowing what you have. And if you don't think that anybody is going to elevate you in such a way where you feel like it's positive, then there's no purpose for that person to be in your life, you know? And if vice versa, mm-hmm. you, you also have to be able to contribute in, in meaningful manners or ways to uh, that other person. So, mm, no, I don't think it's manipulation. Once you don't like over overstep, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, well, you have to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like give ultimatums and that kind of thing. And you're still not doing what you need to do to fulfill your energy bargain. So, so, you, you, so yeah. you're saying you're not going to be with a boxman? Straight up, let's ask these questions, bro. Let's no. cut the fact. Let's get right to it. So you're not gonna be at a box. No, you're not gonna be at a box, guy. Okay? So let let let's dissect that a little bit. Sure. A box man, meaning a bum. Meaning somebody who has zero dollars and zero cents. Well, I could have zero dollars and zero cents. That could happen to me a lot of times, but that doesn't explain our our tell the type of person that I am, okay. that could be a situation where you really down and out, right? But you are actively trying to get back up. That's different to, I feel like you're supposed to provide for me. This is what you have to do for me to be with you. Like some people feel like a woman is supposed to be their mother. I'm not here to be your mother. Mm. I'm here to be your spouse. So if you ain't get that nurturing from your mother or whoever, the maternal factor was supposed to be in your life, I can't do that. That's not my role. I don't know how to be a mother to you. I could be a mother to my child, but not to you. You need to be a man and lead me in a way that I feel comfortable in you leading me. And if you're not capable of doing that, then nah. Leading you. Wow, this we we, we unpacking. <laughs> we unpacking some what? stuff here, son. This what? is gonna be lit. This is gonna be lit. So so okay, so you're I'm, I'm, we're not going to. We're not going to. I'm glad that I have to do. You better because it's gonna get lit. So so your so your ideal partner you're saying is a man that could lead. So you you look you you're attracted to guys who lead in a relationship? Yes. Okay. So, mm. so that's that's one of your. I'm not compromising. If you can't lead me, this is over. No, um, it's not a deal breaker. But um, I feel like if if you know what you're about and um, you're doing what you need to do to make sure that you are okay, then I would look at that and see. Okay, well, if I'm thinking of a of you as a potential mate or husband or something like that, mm. then I would feel comfortable are safe that you know that what you're doing for yourself so chances are you might know what you're doing for a family mm. you know so um if i don't think that you you're capable of handling your business even just for yourself then I, i'm not going to be attracted to something that 
not gonna be beneficial yeah, to for me. the long term. For the long term. But then, isn't that patriarchal? Like, isn't that isn't that like slightly on the patriarchal level? Because I mean, I think father figures are usually seen as like the leader type of the family at home. Is is it that you are attracted to a more patriarchal figure? Uh, Man, try to trap you. I just <laughs> asked you open questions. There's no wrong. There's no wrong. There's no wrong. If you if if you're going to speak, please come on the mic. <laughs> but yeah. So what, um, what do you feel? You see, the thing is, I think, and I think I, I, I answered that way because of what I've learned over the years. Because I had um, a way about me where, where I was told that I'm controlling. Oh, oh, so. oh, oh. well, I, to meet, meet, meet my girlfriend. <laughs> oh my God, we're so getting much. in between. I love you so much. <laughs> because I, I, I'm in charge because I know what I'm doing. Oh, so you're saying I don't know? All right, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, but you were in a situation where you felt like somebody told you that you were the controlling man. That's yeah, like I'm, I'm controlling and I have to let a man be a man. Mm. And I was offended by that initially, you know, um, because I'm like, well... I like to take charge. I like to know where I'm going. I'm a very systematic person. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to take the initiative to do what needs to be done, I'm going to get it done. You mm -hmm. understand? So sometimes you're in a situation where you feel like you always have to um, overcompensate for mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And I guess in, in that instance, that is weird now. To them, it became like, you overstepping your boundaries. Like, just let me be a man. Let me do this. Like, you don't have to do everything, you know? So I said, okay, well, more than one person tell me this, mm -hmm. you know? And it wasn't even in a situation where it was just like a romantic relationship. Sometimes even in friendships, friendships. Uh, mm -hmm. like colleagues, I would be like, yeah. clearly I know you like, I know you're type A and I know you need to get stuff done, but just let somebody else handle it. And so, because mm -hmm. sometimes at a point I felt like, if you're not going to do it a hundred percent, don't do it at, at all. all. Yeah. And, you know, so, and if, if you need help from me, don't be afraid to ask. And I guess that, that was intimidating to some persons. Mm -hmm. So I had to really, you know, do my reflection and say, okay, well, clear if more than one type person of different people tell you, this tell you because it's not like just a man telling me this, but if more than one person is telling me this, then okay, maybe you is the problem. Mm. So, you know, I sat down and I was evaluating certain things and I said, you know what, maybe I need to be a little bit more delegative in things that I do. So ask persons, you feel comfortable doing this instead of just doing it myself and then see what their response is. Um, offer them the opportunity to do it and also um, the fact that um, if you need help, just let me know, but I'll stand back and let you do your thing, mm -hmm. you know? And I've, I've realized now when it comes specifically to the relationships now, um, romantic relationships, um, I realize that within letting a man be a man, that is me not jumping to, for instance, mm -hmm. if we're trying to plan a, a trip or something like mm -hmm. that, be like, okay, babe, where you want to go? He would say, Paris, you mm -hmm. know? So all me know would be like, okay, well, I'm going to check the ticket, I'm going to check the price, I'm going to check where we're going to go and mm -hmm. whatever. Like everything in an itinerary, yeah, then yeah. sort it's out. Done, like, you, you, you know? got the structure, <laughs> then got the structure laid. Yeah. Yes, so mm -hmm. 
so that would have been the oh me and now i'm like okay well this is what you want to do mm. um just figure out what you would like from what you don't like and then we could go from there so it's a little bit more relaxed so he now has the opportunity to say we could do this mm. or even surprise me and say well i planned this for us mm. you know that type of way and that would now let me see if he is actually taking the initiative on his own mm. to do "Quote unquote, what needs to be done in that context, you know? Mm. It's like you give from. him, you give him a little bit of leeway to do, yeah. to do his thing. Yes. Um, Matt, I was in a similar situation. Um, I think the relationship I have now, I, I've I've done a lot of soul searching because I think at the start of it, I used to feel exactly that way. Mm-hmm. I used to feel like she, um, she would like, you know, like not not make me feel like less of a man, but just like." overstep like the initiative part of it like I'm an A type like straight up I, I love lead not love leading but I find myself in a leadership role more often than not mm-hmm. um, and for me to be in a relationship and not feel like that was a little different mm-hmm. and what I found is the more I tried to push to be that like I would over like overstep or overemphasize the fact that I wanted to be A type because she's A type too mm-hmm. I would overstep the fact that I want to be ATEP. And then it would always end up in some kind of argument. And mm. it, it it was, what I realized that was mostly my insecurities that were talking throughout the argument. Not mm. necessarily how I felt, but just how I, I was reflecting on how I usually am with people and how I am in my relationship. And the two of them were not the same. same. Mm-hmm. But then what I realized is that how I am in my relationship is probably closer to how I am in real. That's how I am for real. Without all the masks, and we thought, oh, that's how I am for real. And by communicating that in, in a very vulnerable way almost. And I, I'm not saying it works for everybody. This probably doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to find a, a, a type B person or somebody who is more better or somebody who's more passive. And that person is going to allow you to be the, the more A type that what you want to be. be yeah. right? so I'm, not, I'm not disqualifying that. I'm not saying follow me. But what I had to do in my relationship is I had to get very, very, very real. And I had to get very real about my insecurities and I had to be able to present and articulate those insecurities. Sometimes in a very vulnerable way. Mm -hmm. But for that, for my person to understand, for my girlfriend to understand, hey, look, you do this, it makes me feel like this. Gives her the chance to, okay, I realize I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. This is not, this is something that makes him feel this. Maybe I could make a change. Right. She makes a change. I feel better. I congratulate. I said, look, I really appreciated you doing it. I, I see you did. I didn't, I'm not taking it for granted. You did this and I felt good. And eventually I started to get more and more confident, more and more confident. More. And then before you know it, the paradigm didn't necessarily shift, but just the allowance of not feeling less of it a person if she balanced. takes its balance. Mm-hmm. Because she might take the initiative. And I don't feel like less of a man for her taking the initiative. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I'm going to take the initiative Again, she, she doesn't feel, feel like less of a woman or mm-hmm. less of a, a person or less of a native. For that, it's just to understand what the balance is, I think, was the important thing. Right. Not necessarily that one of us is is leader per se mm-hmm. and the other one isn't. Because she's a leader in her own right. She's mm-hmm. also an A-type personality. I'm also an A-type personality. Mm-hmm. So we just, once we learn the balance and if, if I do something that makes her feel less of, because she does feel like that, she come to me and she would lay it out. And of course, she's way more articulate than I am. <laughs> so she would lay it out and say, you know, I really didn't appreciate when you said this, this and this. And I really didn't appreciate this joke. Or I didn't appreciate this gesture. I don't think it was nice. And I would be like, you know what? I'm going to come. No, I'm not going to try to defend nonsense. If this makes you feel bad, 
I could I know I could do something about it. Right. Like, it's not that I have to I didn't have to make that joke. I didn't have to do that thing. Mm-hmm. I could do better next time. Please forgive me. We could do better next time. Right. And I think you you basically summed up how I feel. Maybe I didn't articulate it as best before. Not that I, I need somebody to tell me what to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm very capable of do it for yourself. I need. 100% <laughs> 2019. Woman empowerment. Woman right? empowerment. <laughs> gay empowerment. Man uh, empowerment. All of us. Empowerment. Just empower yourself, people. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I just, I was misunderstanding what you were saying. I thought right. what you were saying is that you're looking for somebody to lead you or to tell you what to do. No, 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 no. But um, I'm looking for somebody that can lead. Mm-hmm. And if, if you really think about it, in terms of like a family, you want somebody who would because the like the traditional um, role of a man is to provide and and what and whatnot, and sometimes for a woman, I, I sometimes I think I don't want to emasculate mm-hmm. the man. Like for instance, when finances comes in, you know. Um, well, luckily, I've never met a man that is insecure about that. So sometimes I would go, we would go on a date and I would pick up the bill. Mm-hmm. He would pick up the bill and, you know, it ain't not. But I think mm-hmm. we, we, we ain't thinking about it. But for some men, like, that's oh God, taboo. That's, yeah, man, you're crazy. You, you can't know, pay the bill. like, <laughs> my woman can't pay the bill and what. But I, I, I can't really um, relate to that kind of thing because man, I've never I could, been I could in see it. it. I could yeah. see it. I could say because, and you know what's funny, um, those things would work if the if, if males were primarily the breadwinners in relationships. Right. Um, but I think we have to see the age that we're living in for exactly. the reality that it is. Yep. And the, the, the fortunate or unfortunate or whatever the situation is, a lot of the times you're going to buck up on a woman and I'm talking to all the guys out there. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be introduced to a very powerful woman and she's going to make more money than you. And mm-hmm. it's not even like, it's not even a thing where it's like, oh, it's real. Like a lot of the times and somebody, especially women with degrees and women who have gone on. Because one thing I find about men is that we less, we don't, we don't um, socially, we don't socially demote. I don't want to say demote, but we don't, we're less accepting of society's demands. We're more rebellious. Yeah. So it's like a w- less conforming. Mm-hmm. A woman would look at a, a scenario, a system and say, okay, I understand the rules. I'm going to follow these rules and I'm going to succeed. A man is going to look at society and say, I see these rules. I hate these rules. I am I'm not going to follow any of them. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to break the system because the system is not me. Right. Men are way more likely to take this form of action. And that because of that, whenever there are institutions we tend to not want to follow those institutions. Mm-hmm. We go to college, we slack off, we don't believe that we need to do much because mm-hmm. the system ain't really, we ain't build the system, so the system yeah. ain't for us. Because a woman is going to buckle down and just finish the job. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, look, I have to do these, this is my dissertation, I have to finish it. I'm going to finish it. A guy, some guys is like... That's the level of commitment. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it, I don't want to say it's conformist, it's not conformist, it's just a woman is going to adapt because women have been adapting for centuries. A, a man, a man decides. Okay, women can't do this. Women, for the most, for the majority of history, have just been like, okay, I understand the rules. I'm gonna play the game differently. Yeah. I'm gonna find a way to go the back door route versus since I can't go through the front door, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go back. through the window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through the back. And because of that adaptability, men are fa- men are far less like I find as a majority, we're far less willing to conform. Like times would be changing. 
we coal mines are no longer profitable. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We are coal miners. We're going to coal mine. Yeah. And Change is, 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 is like difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. And men, again, I just find women just, they just adapt so much easier because we've always been forcing women to fit these roles and they've somehow still, women have still found a way to be successful even within those rules and, and those breakthrough. parameters. Yep. Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Following the rules. Mm-hmm. You told me that I can't work. Well, guess what? I'm going to be with a guy who works and I'm going to advise him on how to how do to the work. work so that it makes my life more comfortable. We yep. live in a mansion. You think it's him out there working, making us this mansion money? Mm-hmm. No. It's me telling him. I'm giving him the exactly. ideas. <laughs> and telling him where to invest this money. And yeah. this is how, like, we, we, we've, we've always found, I've always found that it's so, um, what is most most of a lie to us is to feel like society has been built on the backs of hardworking men. That is a lie. <laughs> society has not been built on the backs of hardworking men. Society has been, been, always been built, if we look at it for real, it's always been built on the union of man and woman. The female perspective is undeniably Girl powerful. <laughs> undeniably powerful. I don't care. Check any man. Any marriage, any man that is successful, where does he got to get his final word of advice? In his bed. Exactly. Exactly. In his bed. Mm -hmm. Like, women used to, basically back in the past when men men used to do all the work outside, when they come home, they give all the money to the woman and the woman distribute the money and make sure there's food on the table, Mm -hmm. which man, you know, could have been going out to the coal mines every day, come home and still Still separate money and cook and do all of these things and make sure your children got money. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, we've not, I don't think we've paid attention and I know this this discussion is not about that, but I just had to say, like, Mm -hmm. we, we, as men, we're very, we're not adaptable. We're not, we're not good at adapting. I'm a photographer, that's why I'm not a solid dope. You know what I mean? A woman is like, well, you know, photography used to be good, but... But what about this? You know what? I think there's a there's an avenue over here to and do. And then the thing is like, you, some men feel like, oh, she won't change me. She won't change the person I is. And I have, I have sort of a issue with that because we are evolving beings, you know? If you want to be stagnant, I don't think that you're operating at your fullest potential. Not even close. You know? So the, the thing is, why wouldn't you want somebody, man or woman, you know, but in, in this context, why wouldn't you want someone who would help you to, to elevate and, and, and get to, yeah, progress with whatever it is, whether it's your career, your love life, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Some some persons are just setting their ways, and and it's funny, yeah. you know. What's funny about it? I, I talked to my girl the other day, and I, I think I mentioned this. I said I think, and this is not by any means to demean women in no way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So I hope it doesn't come off like that. But I think women, men are like, um, like flower. Men are, they, men are just flower, just sacks of flower. Women are ovens. You find a good woman, you find a good oven. She's going to take what you are. And she's going to turn you into something that is better than what you were before. Right. These raw materials that you had, these ideas, mm-hmm. you know, the, you, she you know, help you fabricate them. Make sure that you get them done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then the, the thing is, what's funny now is that we, 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 we question the ability of a woman to be successful in our age. But what, what is our age? Our age is taking something and making it better. And women are really good at that. Mm-hmm. They're really good at taking something that happens. Hey, this is my idea, but I just don't think it works well. How could we? 
make this, yeah. how could we make this better, more efficient? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you're wasting a lot of time here, you're wasting a lot of money here. And they're dispassionate. It's like, you're wasting money over here, you're wasting money over here. And I'm talking about a good woman because sometimes not everybody's good. It's not all good women and all good men exist in this world. Like sometimes you have some people that need work, right? Not that they're bad, but that they just need work. Yeah. You find a woman who is like self-realized and who knows what she wants and she's going to take what you give her and she's going to mold it and make it into something. And I've seen this happen in my life so often where I've come with, a, I've come with an idea and to me it was a dumb idea. Uh, it might have been, I thought it was a great idea either. Or, and I run it past my support system and all the women are like, mm, what Trends. if you did this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, any revolution is everything. Everything is just yeah. like, clear is like, <laughs> I didn't even feel like I really came up with this. Uh-huh. Like what I gave to you is nothing compared to this. Like the sum of its parts, it uh-huh. is much more than the sum Team of its parts. Teamwork, the dream work, man. <laughs> it, it's, the two, it's the two things because mm-hmm. males, I, I find myself, I, I don't know if I'm a conventional guy, but I find myself being like very, very narrow or uh, like focused. Mm-hmm. Like you like give me a task, mm-hmm. a tunnel vision. You give me a task, I'm gonna complete that task. Like mm-hmm. you give me one task, and I'm going after it with everything I have. Mm-hmm. No emotion, nothing. Just bam, it's gonna get done. Mm-hmm. If I have to put that door on that the hinge, I'm gonna get that door in that, that frame. That's that's it. That's my focus. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well. Doing it fast, right? But woman is like, well, you're doing the door. Remember, you still have to do the windows. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh crap! I thought I was done, yeah, but I think about it. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's like he takes the blinders off. Yes. I don't, again, I don't know if this is not every man. Some men are different. Some men have that multifaceted, multi, they could concentrate in multi regions and so on. They're multi, the multi duplicitous. They're, they're, they're multi, multitasking. You know, I've, I've realized, like, uh, well, the men that have came across, they tell me, oh, clear, I can multitask, you know? You know, you could be here thinking about X, Y, and Z at the same time. And I talking to you, but I still trying to play my game. I still trying to write this letter. And, and I can't do all at one time. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, boy, let, let me help you. What you want to get done, you know? <laughs> and then we move on from there. But it's just funny, boy. It's, it's, it's funny just, because it's funny. <laughs> said, I, like, I remember even like like about two nights ago, uh, my girl was over here was watching... I wasn't watching anything. I was trying to get some work done. Mm-hmm. And she came home and she was talking to me about something that happened with some friend of hers. And from doing my work, I turned around and I gave her my full attention. And she's like, you could continue working. I said, no, I can't. I can't. Um, this is impossible. Can no, 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 no. There's, there's no way I could edit these pictures and still listen to you. Uh-huh. I, I have to edit these pictures or listen to you. Right. Because... Either way, I think I'm going to either stop listening to you and focus on doing the pictures mm-hmm. or I'm going to stop doing the pictures. and focus. So let me just turn me back to the pictures and just, just look at you. Listen to what you Like, even if I'm playing a game and she's like, I can continue playing a game. It's like, I got these little cell phone games. I'm playing these cell phone games and so on. Just to keep my mind sharp because I find like if I'm not doing anything, I just kind of get weird and lazy. spazzy. Mm-hmm. Not lazy, but just like frantic and a little okay, weird. Okay, got you. My mind just has to stay moving while I'm awake, right? And... The thing is, what happens is, like, I'll be there playing the game, and she's, like, she's talking to me, and I'm, like, playing the game, and I'm, like, I'm losing at the game. I'm doing a terrible job at this. Uh, yeah, you got me full attention now. So, again, that's it. That's, it's just, everybody has that thing. I think a lot of women said that they, they could 
focus on multiple things at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing because I don't know how that feels. Um, I could only, I have to literally every single day I have to have these tasks. A list. A list. Uh-huh. Like, and I do it, didn't it before. Every day, like every night before I go to sleep, I think about what I have to do the next day. I write it in a list. The next day, I look at the list, I cross off everything one at a time. One at a time. Or do the fact of fiction for Clelia. Okay. Call it Clelia, make sure she's it. Okay, great. Uh, no. <laughs> and I just literally go through this list and just tackle them. And that's how I function. Uh-huh. Without the list, I I'm you nothing. Can't I, I can't. I won't get I won't it's not that I but won't get anything. At least you have your done. system though. I do. Yeah. Because some people don't have a system and then they're just all over the place and they can't get anything done. I don't right. think I would have a business if that was me. Like, <laughs> I, there was, they needed to have a system in place. Right. But let's get into the five love languages like, because... Like the, the meat of the matter. God darn, man. <laughs> man, this, this book. So, so um, when Clelia, when, when I first um, touched base with Clelia, I remember we were trying to discuss what we could talk about because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of things we could probably talk about. We could go straight deep into chemistry. <laughs> um, and she said, oh, what about the five love languages? And I'm like, what's that? And I went through and I tried to figure out what these five love languages things are and I found out there was a book. Yes. So how did you find out about this book? Um, actually, I didn't know about the book at first. I think I was scrolling uh, I probably was looking at um, Steve Harvey TV show or something like that and mm-hmm. somebody mentioned something about the five love language test and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> love language test. So um, I think he, he started speaking about it and he was like, oh, you have to find out what your primary lo- love language is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So um, he mentioned what the, the five love languages were and then said, okay, well, based on this little quiz, you will find out what your primary love language is. And I'll, I'll explain to you what the, the actual languages are. Mm-hmm. But so I went to do the test and whatnot. And then like there was this ad for the book. So that's mm-hmm. how I was introduced to the book. And I didn't buy it like straight away. I went on YouTube and tried to get like, the synopsis. Of course. To figure, okay, this is my time. <laughs> and um, like the reviews that I saw were extraordinary. Yep. You know, so I said, okay, well, I have like this Amazon credits. So I'm going to go and get the book mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you bought the paperback? No, I, I got the Kindle version. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Technology. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to go. Instant. <laughs> So, um, it's written by Dr. Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. He's a anthropologist, counselor, everything mixed up in one. And um, he wrote the book, well, probably... 92. Yeah, 92. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrote it initially for married couples. Mm-hmm. But then based on the, the response, he wrote it for singles. So, that's also the he one... he wrote it? Yeah, he mm. wrote a version for singles. Mm. So that's the one. Well, I actually got the two of them, but I read the singles one because mm-hmm. I'm single. Yep, <laughs> so. I am. <laughs> um, I'm pre-married. I think that's what I am. So there is one that he also has that um, I think it's five things to know before, uh, five things I wish I knew before I got, got married. married. Mm-hmm. So I, I employ you read that one as well. Okay, I will try. Yeah. I will definitely go in. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I mean, since I looked at the, the YouTube videos and so I was privy to what the languages are. So they are, um, words of affirmation, words of affirmation, gift giving, acts Act of, of service, service, quality time and physical touch. Physical touch. No, as soon as we say physical touch, we automatically think we sex. have sex. No, 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 no. 
sexual intercourse. That is not what it means alone, right? But when we get down to that one, um, we we're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. So words of affirmation. Um, this is when you tell somebody something that they want to hear, you know, something that makes them feel good. And in the book, he highlights that there are different dialects of um, this specific language. But um, I think even before we get into like dissecting the languages itself, mm-hmm. what he, what I, I got from the, the book just in general is that regardless of relationship, whether it's with your family, your friends or a significant other um you have to understand what that person's primary yeah, language is, like how they receive love, mm-hmm. because it doesn't necessarily mean um, what you perceive as love is what somebody else perceives. It's true. So if you like somebody doing things actively for you, mm-hmm. um, okay, if you're married and you want somebody to, you, your husband, well, I'm talking from you know my perspective mm. um, to you know take the trash out to make sure that everything in terms of maintenance in the house is good without mm. having to badger him all the time you know and he does that he takes the initiative and does that then that is showing um, acts of service, service yeah. and that is how you receive love so you are you are feeling loved by him because he's actively doing that as opposed to he may prefer uh, his primary love language may be physical touch he mm. wants to be affectionate you know he likes to hold your hand he likes to cuddle Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and if you actively engage in that then he he is feeling loved you know so it's a matter of uh, figuring out and learning because uh, dr gary chapman mentioned that you have to learn somebody's love language Mm -hmm. you know so once you would have done that um the communication is much more fluid between the two three however many persons involved in the situation so it's not so what you're saying in a nutshell it's not just um, a love language is not just for you and your significant other it's so much more it's for you and anybody that you really Correct. care about anybody in your circle you, right. you and your mom you and your brother you and your sister you and your best friend mm-hmm. understanding how they receive love is 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 almost um, essential for you to connect with them on a deeper and much deeper level right um, I, I, I could I could identify um, especially with the love languages because when I looked into it it was a couple of months ago I think we touched base maybe yeah um, I had watched I watched a video a couple of years ago about the love languages mm-hmm. um, and I think it didn't really sink into me I, I found it interesting but it wasn't something that was on the top of my head it's only when you came back up I, I resurfaced and went into looking into it mm-hmm. and me and my girl had a talk about it um, understanding love and we had just a, an amazing conversation about what love languages are and how you, she feels and what she feels and what's her favorite ones and all, all of that right and it, it really opened up some doors for me. And I went deeper and I did the research and tried to figure out what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for this first one, which is words of affirmation, um, me, that's how I learned. Well, that's one of the strongest ones. Mm-hmm. Not for me particularly, but how I express it. Right. Um, lots of words of affirmation, like lots of like, I appreciate you and, you know, I, I love you mm-hmm. and, um, I, I like what you did. I, right. I appreciate this and all. So that's that's how I, I express that a lot, mm-hmm. and and that's not just for that's not just for my girlfriend. That's just how I am with people in general. In general, mm-hmm. like that's how I am. Like I'm I'm very I have a lot of I'm very grateful. Uh, I, I think I've grown up feeling like nobody has to do anything for me. Right. So if you go out of your way, I am like 
thank you so much. I yeah. really, really appreciate it because and the thing is, um, some of the dialects that I'm involved in, um, words of affirmation, is words of encouragement, mm-hmm. words of praise, and kind words. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're kind of self-explanatory, but you, like you said, would tell people that you appreciate what mm-hmm. you're doing, and sometimes you would say, oh, okay, well, that's good. So you graduate today. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of, you. proud of you. You worked hard. You deserve it. You know, so somebody who receives the, the love in terms of a word of affirmation, they would love that because you're giving them the praise that, I mean, not that they think they deserve, but the, the praise that is due to them based on the actions that were that had, were taken, yeah. you know? So, um, and I think that's something missing too. Like I, I, I always, me and my brother have this conversation probably very often about payment. Um, and it's payment. People are walking around and they're very unappreciated. Mm. Like they might be doing a lot. Um, it looks like they're not doing a lot, but the effort that they're making is, is tangible. It's really, really, for them, it's real. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times we walk around craving um, appreciation and nobody gives it. Right. So they, somebody, they, you would feel like, okay, you charge me $10,000 to do this. And okay, here's $10,000 and buy. Mm-hmm. Like you did the job, you did everything. You probably went above and beyond. For some validation. Yeah. And I just give you the 10 grand and you go. And for some people, they don't care. They, whatever in them, they just don't care about the affirmation. But for a lot of people, it's like, I mean, I mean, I went above and beyond this 10 grand. Could you, could you even tell me thanks? Like you could even tell me you liked it. Exactly. You know, and some people never look back. They just pay the money and they feel like and the money it. and the money isn't a lot of the times you, you know why charity is like so, um, like so popular, like where people like it so much. Has nothing to do with money because you're not making any money from being involved in a charity. In mm-hmm. fact, sometimes you're just giving money to a charity. But the kickback is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Just by feeling like what you are doing is making Changing a difference. Changing somebody's life, yeah. And you could see this. Sometimes you could go to these places and see the appreciation on people's faces. And yep. that is That's powerful. Enough. That's enough. That you, mm-hmm. I don't need any money. Like, I don't need anything else. That mm-hmm. Is its own reward. Mm-hmm. Might be giving without having to want. Yeah, your dopamine is through the through roof. roof. <laughs> the through the roof. Yeah, there's nothing, and and for me even there's nothing more amazing than helping somebody without looking for anything. Like Being in return, right. here you go, take this, mm-hmm. please. I, no, you don't need to do anything. You don't owe me anything. Mm-hmm. No, I just this is for you. Yep, it's a powerful thing. So it again, is. words of affirmation. Yeah. So how about these gifts now? The because gifts. <laughs> So, I used to feel like I, I, when, I read, when I walked around, I was like, that's so like shallow. shallow. <laughs> so shallow. Based on how he explained it, it's um, like a, a, a visual symbol of what you attribute love to be. So, for example, um, wedding rings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, when, when, uh, when husband and wife engage and, and this, he gets on one knee mm-hmm. and he said, will you marry me and whatnot, you know. Your your finger, like your 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 ring, your left ring finger is now always on parade, you know, for the woman. <laughs> like, oh my god, I got look a new manicure. Rock. Look at this rock. You know? So <laughs> to her, especially if that is her um primary love language, mm-hmm. she feels this is a symbol that I could show off of my love, uh his love for me, True. you know. 
And I mean, that is like more superficial, but even the, the, in terms of the bond within that union, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that serves as um, some sort of symbol of the And love. it's significant. Yes, between them and also the outside world. So it's supposed to be, okay, well, this is a Mac that I belong to, yeah. somebody. Yeah. You, you understand? So um, he's... I think, you know, I think too, I think it's interesting because I'll take up him because I think we can't really like mix up the I belong to you and you own me. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, it's, it's easily it's to get misconstrued. Misconstrued <laughs> because you, I, me saying I'm yours doesn't mean you own, own me. me. Like, right. I'm not your property. Definitely. We, we could be one. Yes. But I'm not your property. Right. Like, I, I belong to you. You belong to me. We are together. We're working mm-hmm. for each other and it's mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Not, I could do you whatever I want. Yes. It's a mutualistic relationship. Yes. It's not a parasitic relationship. No. <laughs> no. You can't parasite me. No, 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 no. And tell me where I could go and when I can't go. No. And, and how long you stay in. No, no, How no. dear you? You're out of no. your place. I'm a big person. <laughs> I have big people hands. Oh my goodness. But yeah. Gifts. <laughs> Um, so it, it's and also it's the meaning behind of the gift. So mm-hmm. uh, for instance, you know sometimes we say it's a thought that counts thought that and counts. not necessarily the amount of money that was spent or whatever. So like for instance, if my spouse knows that I love music, mm-hmm. you know he may say, okay, well music festival coming up, so I can get a VIP ticket for music festival because I know she can love that. However, or even if it's just something where it's a, a nice small little event where he says, okay, let me get this violin that coming in town and we could have like a nice little candlelit um, dinner and That's I have the violinist coming and you know play your favorite songs, you know. So it's nothing extravagant, but it's That's still very. It's on the extravagant. Violin, violin. <laughs> in, in sync, it's a violin player probably class of those now. Oh my gosh. Tell you I'm just giving an example. <laughs> I understand. But then it could be even something simpler. Like, you know, one thing the other day, I was talking to my girlfriend again while we talked to her a lot. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to. I, I think I'm supposed to. Um, but what she was talking about is how we've lost the art of um, writing letters. You know, writing when, letters. Yeah, writing letters. Like love letters. Like just a letter to say I love you and I'm thinking about you. Like, yeah. Like that is f- basically free. You could buy a pen from somebody, from somewhere, I can't call any company's names, but you could buy a pen mm-hmm. for $5 or $4. Pen's expensive, you know? Well, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you could buy a pen for $4 or whatever and you get a piece of paper and you literally jot down, just take time and jot down notes and you give that as a gift. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised mm-hmm. if the person talks this love language, that is the world and a half to them. Mm-hmm. Just to know that you can't to have it like for for the rest of all time, these words are engraved on paper. Mm-hmm. That is powerful. And mm-hmm. people don't do it anymore because we have these phones now and feel like a text message. Like I send you text messages. Yeah, you send text messages that scroll. <laughs> Like what? What is she gonna do? Like go through last two years, the last two years of conversation exactly. to find that one nugget of you know I love you and I think you're the uh-huh. best. Yeah, and it's so strange that you said that because I remember a couple of times in past relationships, I would just to show my appreciation, write down certain things, and then just give like put on some lipstick and put like some kissy lips and and the oh, thing, you know, <laughs> and then I uh, maybe. Um, sip it under the door and then tell him, you know, come for a massage or something like what? that. What? <laughs> so. Play your bat in 100, man. 
Oh boy. No man. No man. You're doing this thing. You're doing this thing 100%. Come for a massage? Yes. All of that. All right. <laughs> All of that. So if you deserve it, you get it, right? Uh-huh. Um but yeah, it's just like the the simplistic things, you know, that um are very meaningful. I I personally I'm not one for the extravagant gifts. I mean, you said what I just said was extravagant. But no, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not <laughs> extravagant. I'm just kidding. That's yeah. very that's very simple. It's very thoughtful. Yeah, but um I I I would feel a lot more loved if uh you take the time mm. to do something on your own because I feel like time is money time is valuable time is like one of the most precious things ever and if you take that time that belongs to you and dedicate it for something for me i mean what else could that be it's other true. than love it's you true. know mm-hmm. so um it's not like I want a Louis Vuitton bag and them things. And I feel like if you're not showing me with material things that you don't know, that's not me. Mm-hmm. But some people feel like you have to do that. You have to spend exorbitant um, amount of money to show that you you love somebody, you know. Um, I mean, to each its own. But I'm just saying, personally, that's that's not my thing. You know, I think... <sighs> You know, I, I think sometimes... And we talked about the thought being that the one that counts and so on. But... Um, I think some people, they have higher expectations and mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's much that kills a relationship more than, than high expectations. His expectations. If your expectations are through the roof, <laughs> we are human beings and more likely than not, that person will at some point let you down. You might think that you're going to get a Louis Vuitton bag for Christmas and you end up getting a Tony bag. Like, yeah. just, take the to- just take the Tony bag. Just don't have the expectations. Like, it's unfair too. Like, it's unfair. You don't know. Sometimes you, you might be in a relationship and you really don't know your partner's financial situation. Right. A Louis Vuitton bag might be way out, far removed, like far above what they could even possibly afford. Mm-hmm. Um, 3,000, 3,200 US dollars. And I think, I mean... That's um, a down payment. I try to be very impartial and unbiased. I think a lot of women feel like, oh, well, well, you couldn't save up this. You ain't think I want it. And I think that is unfair. wrong. Yeah, it is unfair. Because at the end of the day, all of us are adults. And if somebody feels like, if you're going to attribute a material thing to your worth, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but that's not the way to go. Yeah. You're, <laughs> um, you're looking for disappointment. Yeah, Straight that's up. not the way to go. So, I mean, for persons who have that kind of mindset, uh, I think you should evaluate what's really important, you know? And also evaluate why you feel that way. Like, why do you feel like if somebody doesn't buy you this, that you're not worth or valued that way? That way. I don't think no amount of money is supposed to ever equate to somebody's value. I I, I think what we do on a regular basis is we say, okay... Um, I'm going to spend this amount of my life. This is how much you're going to pay me for that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree to this. Not that we are we are worth it, but we agree to this. Right. Um, and a lot of the times we're being very, very, very nice about what we're agreeing to. <laughs> really think about the fact that you're never getting this eight hours back again. Again. Ever in life. You'll <laughs> never see this day, but yet you give it for $2 a day. I mean, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You just you have to make that thing. So I don't think the gift has to ever be extravagant, but sometimes, if you can, mm-hmm. I, I think that's best that you do. The yeah. third love language is acts of service. Bye, this S- one. <laughs> this is kind of a loaded one. Be a slave. <laughs> <laughs> AKA. 
Oh my goodness. So it's like it says, acts of service. What you're gonna do for your spouse, your significant other, your mother, your father, whatever have you. Labor of love, yeah. Yeah. Like cooking or cleaning. cleaning um helping them, doing favors, mm-hmm. running errands. Right. Um any active thing. Any active thing. <laughs> Help yeah. them with their loan. Mm-hmm. I, I'm joking. I, mm-hmm. that, that too. <laughs> that probably you see you see, but that covers two bases. If you help them with your loan, that's an act of service, and it's also a gift. It is. <laughs> so, <laughs> not especially, especially if it's just you know help, and it's yeah. not like a borrowing situation where mm-hmm. you have to pay back or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. That is yeah. uh, that is both. So, guys, if you're out there, you want to knock down two birds with one stone. Yeah, some of them overlap. <laughs> act of service and a, and, and a gift. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. With um, that you one. know what? I think for me, like interestingly enough, um, when it comes to acts of service, it's not that I think that's a love language of mine, but I don't like, um, like, like dirtiness or like laziness. Mm. Like I found that I didn't even know I had this in me until I, I started dating this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like like leaving dishes in the sink and like doing like putting things here and here and everywhere. Like it just kind of makes me feel a little weird. Mm-hmm. I know my apartment don't reflect that right now, but we're in a transitionary phase. So, um, let's move on. <laughs> so what's the fourth one? <laughs> the fourth one is um, quality time. Oh, this is good. Yes. And this is also broken down into various dialects. So it's quality listening and talking mm-hmm. and also quality activities. So for quality listening, I think a lot of people misconstrue listening and hearing. Yeah. The art of listening is so profound it because is. you, when you're listening to somebody, you have to internalize what they're saying, try to put yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. ask reflective questions, and really, I mean, if they're asking for a solution, you give a solution because at the end of the day, you don't want to give unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because that comes off as like you are know it all and yeah, that yeah. kind of it, thing, it does. you know. So, um, Dr. Chapman said that you should, while listening, always maintain eye contact, Mm -hmm. you know, don't engage in any other activities. So when you were mentioning that you play the game or you're editing the pictures and you're trying to talk to her and you you say, you know what, let me stop. Yeah. And and just listen to you. I mean, by default, you're actively listening. You know, even if your reasoning was because I can multitask, Mm -hmm. by default, you are giving her your undivided attention. attention, And that is what active listening is. Um, He also says, look at body language Mm -hmm. and try to visualize what they're feeling. So this is where the empathy comes in now. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people just going, yap, 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 yap. But you have to be able to visualize and have like little pinpoints and indicators of, okay, you said all of this, but in a nutshell, is this what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You know, so no, that means to them that you would have internalized what they are saying. They mm-hmm. actually know that you're giving them your undivided attention. attention and you ain't just there like a log, just not taking in and anything zoning and out. zoning out, you know? <laughs> like a hundred. I heard you, but I didn't really listen. Yeah. It, it, what's funny too is like things like your cell phone, like I think we live in a different age now where like you have so much distractions. Man, we have distractions. Like I can literally stay home and be entertained the entire day and do no work. But then, and if, if I'm with my, my significant other, if I'm with my partner, like what we do now is we try not to use the cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like we actually put the phones down, turn the screens over mm-hmm. and talk to one another because 
what iPhone is that if I'm speaking to you mm-hmm. and you you're not listening it's like I'm wasting my words and I feel I feel like it's, it's almost like you fell asleep yep and I'm like nah you know what I'm not talking to you anymore this is tiring because I gotta say everything again uh, over again and it's not ever gonna come out the same exactly so and it makes you feel like you uh, dare I say you're not important enough for you to just take a breather from whatever it is you're doing True. and prioritize me for, for that second, time, yeah. you know, five seconds or whatever. And then the, well, the talking comes in now when you know, start to ask those reflective questions like, how can I help? This is your dilemma. This mm-hmm. is what I'm understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. And um, how can I help? Yeah. What can I do? And then, you know, the conversation continues. So that that's like one of the dialects. And then the other one was um, quality activities. Mm-hmm. So you're now... Um, immersing yourself in Game the other Thrones. person's world, you know. So I love music, mm-hmm. whatever it be, playing it, listening, whatever. Um, you might not have a love or appreciation for the arts as much as I do, mm-hmm. but you would say, you know what, I want to compromise and I want to um, try to learn what it is you love about this so much. Maybe I may love it too after true, true, a while. True, yeah. You know, oh, maybe I still might be like, oh, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I'm spending that time with you. And it's quality. It's and like it's quality. So it's not time. just a quantity of time, it's the quality of the right. time. Right. Okay. And That's the important. fact that you're spending it with that person, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, that's really what quality time boils down you know to. You know what's funny? It's like when you first start in a relationship, quality time is really easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, because they're all you think about, so mm-hmm. they're all you want to spend your time in. So, let me stick a pin in it right there. Um, especially when it comes to, this is, well, this is for um, romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, there were said to be three stages of love which are, and I'm going to speak now from a chemistry point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like the science behind love, falling in love. So there's lust, mm-hmm. there is attraction, and there's attachment. Mm-hmm. And there are various neurotransmitters that are involved within each stage. Uh-huh. So for um, lust, and this is for both men and women, mm-hmm. you would have the sex hormones, um, estrogen and testosterone being Raging. released. So <laughs> this is where a man be like, Hmm. God, I can't wait. Bye, yeah. <laughs> and I, I would, would be like, why he look good? Bye. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. And um, the attraction phase, you would have things like dopamine, adrenaline, cortisol, serotonin, those um, sort of, well, dopamine is a feel-good mm-hmm. reward um, hormone, right? No, the cortisol is the stress-release hormone. So that will come in when you feel like the person is in the atmosphere, you know, your heart starts to beat fast, mm-hmm. your hands sweaty, that kind of thing. Um, and then the serotonin, when you when you start, that will decrease, actually. Mm-hmm. And when you start to feel, um, oh, thinking about this person all the time, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're thinking about me. So it, you kind of have that kind of obsession yeah, in that yeah, kind of yeah. way. Um, so... All of those things are taking place in the brain and in the body mm-hmm. when you're actually falling in. And this was like so interesting to me because sometimes you think about love and it's just this emotional thing. You don't really think about the, the biology or the chemistry behind yeah, it, you yeah. know? And there's a lot of chemistry behind it. Yes. There's a lot. And then the attachment phase now comes in and you have um, neurotransmitters such as oxytocin mm-hmm. and um, vasopressin. Oxytocin so, is what? The, the, the family... What do they call that? The, like the, the cuddling or the bonding hormone. Yeah, the bonding hormone. hormone yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I want to take care of you. Yes, I want that to. nurturing mm-hmm. hormone. So the, um, in females, the oxytocin also is released when 
you have um, birth, mm, mm. so to induce contractions and stuff like that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you know that that cervix has to dilate to 10 centimeters, that is the hormone responsible the for that. Responsible. But then is yeah. the oxytocin also, I mean, is it because of so much oxytocin being present, is it that that has an effect when you see your baby for the first time? Is that yes. that attachment, that, yes. that love? Yes, and it also induces lactation as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all of that cuddling, all of that nurturing wow. is just the whole big gamut of things happening at one time. And the hormone is like at the helm of that? That's what's happening? That hormone is responsible for all of that? Yes, oxytocin. No, the I, thing about that is, here's where the catch comes in. I have a man that I'm dating. Mm-hmm. We've gone through the initial stage of um, lust and attraction, and we have sex. Mm-hmm. For a woman, oxytocin skyrockets after orgasm, right? Uh-huh. And it keeps um, going up exponentially the more and more that you have sex. And this is why now women are no more emotionally invested in a relationship oh. after sex you know because she feels that bond she feels like she could trust you uh-huh. and it's chemistry <laughs> so sometimes you want to know well how come a man could not be as emotionally invested as a woman so and they told them participate in the same in the same activity, activity you know so um some it's not that you you're controlling it, no, no. like from it's... a biological standpoint mm. but you know some women could be like oh well I go with this one today, I go with that one tomorrow, and it ain't nothing, you know? And that comes, like, from the psychological aspect now, you know? (laughs) However you, you control whatever it may wow. be there's so much there's a lot by this because there's so much to unpack because even even on the ox, on the oxytocin level some women are some people not just women some women, some men and women have a draw uh, like a, a, a firewall to that mm. because because of past experiences or maybe your body gets to a point where the oxytocin doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do anymore because you have a, a mental block to the scenario. Mm-hmm. Or you see sex more or less as a means to an end versus like... Just uh, for pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just for pleasure. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not that you're becoming more and more attracted or more and more connected to or anything. intimate with yeah. the person. You're, you're not being intimate. You're right. literally just having sex just to get one off just to get one off and move on to the next that's why I think like some people could move from one person to the next person daily Mm -hmm. because there's no connection there's no they're not seeing this as a person necessarily they're seeing it as a correct and also the thing is with men they have oxytocin as well Mm -hmm, they do but it is not sorry (laughs) (laughs) it is not um express the way it is in females because you guys have more testosterone being secreted mm-hmm. so the presence of testosterone actually kind of decreases the, the amount of or the effect of oxytocin, oxytocin right and because oxytocin it um acts in like a gradual manner even mm-hmm. in females mm-hmm. um but more so in males this is one of the reasons why you would see a man trained to be or a man taking longer technically mm-hmm. to commit yeah. or to feel that bond that a woman will feel right after mm-hmm. um orgasm and then there's another hormone involved called um vasopressin mm. so right after um ejaculation this hormone just plateaus and goes back down mm-hmm. you know and and that is also has been said to be related to wanting to commit 
Mm. Yeah, that so, And if that's going down, so then you don't want to commit. Right. So that's the, I'm going to go now syndrome. Right. Like, <laughs> I think we've had enough. You need to go home because you got to work tomorrow. Oh, I want to stay in cuddle. Nope. You got to go. Right. So if you have increased testosterone, which is now lowering the effect of oxytocin, which should be your bonding hormone, mm-hmm. plus you don't have that added... Um, Vasopressin? What do you call it? Vasopressing, mm-hmm. yeah, the effect of that. Um, so it is now a lot more difficult. Difficult per se, or it takes a longer time for the man to feel um, attached, more, much more attached. Mm-hmm. And so there was a study that was done. They did. Um, it was married men, men who weren't married yet, but like in a committed relationship and single men and single men had the highest level of testosterone. Mm. When they checked men who were married, their testosterone was um, considerably decreased, Mm -hmm. but they wanted to find out if it was the institution of marriage that caused that decrease, Mm -hmm. like um, psychologically. But when they checked out the guys that were just in a committed relationship, they realized that their, um, testosterone levels were also decreased. So there's mm. some ways that, you know, it's not just a matter of getting married. It's just the attachment. Yes. Once you reach an attachment phase, yes. you have less testosterone. Mm-hmm. But then maybe that might be evolutionary, evolutionarily significant because if you are in a committed relationship, maybe you have much less need for what? The whole aggressive, aggression-based... Yeah, and polygamy. Sort of, and the mm-hmm. polygamy. Because, I mean, as a t- if you stocked up on testosterone you feel sexy all the time mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to going at it yeah you're going at it all the time because you, you, you and, and maybe the goal is not to have as much testosterone in the end maybe the goal is to eventually have such a the level or such a, a balance mm-hmm. where it's like i'm committed to this person i have just enough testosterone to keep maintaining this relationship and mm-hmm. not because women i don't know if uh, this is something this is a question probably you could look into mm-hmm. um women in committed relationships do they still want um, sex to the same level as when they were in not committed out the first stages of a committed relationship mm-hmm. when there was that lust and that you know the attraction phase right like, the, is the, it much, uh, much less the desire? thing is Dr. Chapman explained that now even though I'm mentioning the three phases of mm-hmm. falling in love Dr. Chapman mentioned two stages of love in general mm-hmm. when it comes to like romantic relationships and he said that the first one the first phase is um the lust, the lustful stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that this has a, a lifespan of about two years. Mm-hmm. And then you get now to the emotional stage where you're not high on those emotion, um, transmitters and hormones anymore. Mm-hmm. But you have come to a point where you're familiar with this person, you know what they like, you know what they dislike, True. and you're able to move around that. You know, so that is what will be there basically for life. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is what you have to learn that it is. It's not all the glitz and glams and the honeymoon stage that yeah. relate to um, associate being love, married yeah. with or um, love with, you know. So he said a lot of people feel like once you get married, you're going to be in that state forever. forever. And, it's not, it's and not, that no. is like the most horrible misconception no, that you could have because you're going to be disappointed like exactly crazy mm-hmm. when you realize why the eight times a week decrease to once once and sometimes <laughs> once two weeks once a once month once a month you know, like what's just, going on yeah what's wrong with me mm-hmm. and then you see this misconception that causes so much rigidity because the you don't understand that this is part of the process this is part of the progression mm-hmm. you're literally going to find yourself in a scenario you're not having as much as you used to have 
And I think that misconception is is really you, we have to clear it up. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, married people especially, don't really commune with the inner workings of their relationship. Maybe right. they're maybe maybe for, for for all intents and purposes they might be a little embarrassed because this single guy out here knocking boots, you know, twice a day, um, and you really once every two mm-hmm. weeks if you're lucky. And you have to find on a, on a Friday at eight o'clock in the night when she's just right there. Yeah, and, and I find like weird. some people are so uncomfortable to talk. You know, we we always say we have to learn to communicate. Communication is the best thing in a relationship. But when you really sit down and say, "Babe, let's talk," you sit in there, you talk about what? Mm. What you want me to say? You what men don't say? What men don't say? You know, and I, I see a lot of people struggle with just talking because whether it because um they don't know how to articulate what they feel because a lot of people like they have things in their mind and they just don't know the words to just bring say, out, yeah. you know, or they have too many distractions. So <laughs> it's it's one thing to say that you have to learn to communicate, but you still have to be aware of the fact that some people don't know how to communicate and this is the how yeah. that you would have to figure out. And that is that is synonymous to our, our individual, I should say, to every person, mm-hmm. you know, the way in which I would articulate myself could be different to you, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and you might not feel as comfortable saying, you know what, you need to let me down here tonight and let's do what we have to do. Yeah, yeah, because I need this. And yeah. it, which, which goes in right into the the last the last um the last love language which is physical touch right um and and I will say this like from what I've gathered um a lot of conversations that need to happen about this this love language don't ever happen no and people walk around with this weight on their shoulders like I'm not attractive or my partner doesn't love me because they don't touch me they don't mm. you know and and again moving past just the sex the intimacy is more than the sex right the the, the hugs the kisses the the, the, the holding, the, the holding hands. hands. Yeah. These things are so important for, and especially for some of us, there's always somebody in a relationship that prefers it more, more than, than the other person. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a possibility that that other person might underestimate the importance of such a thing to the the other more wanting, more desirous yeah. um, compadre companion. Um, but it can't be diminished. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Physical touch is for some people. It is the it is the thrive. And when you first start off in a relationship, physical touch is is without. You don't even have to invite it. You know, it, people looking for every opportunity to touch to one touch. another. Yeah. Every opportunity to hug. Every opportunity to kiss. You're stealing kisses in an inappropriate yeah. place. Every, every day. Because that was basically the first sense that you were exposed to or understand as a baby. Yeah. You know, you, you can't speak as soon as you come out the room, but what you're trying to do is touch mm-hmm. to see, okay, this feel hard, mm-hmm. so maybe I might not want to pong my hand on and it. it. Yeah, exactly. You know? This feel hot, I might want to stay, stay away, away from it. You know? This is soft, I would want to lay here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it, it's so much, it's, it's, and people tend to vilify and say, oh, this person's sex crazy, this person wants sex all the time. Mm. No, 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 no. This person needs intimacy. Right. It, they're not bad for wanting it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like you would want words of affirmation, you'd want service, you'd want acts of service and so on. These things, nothing, or somebody would want gifts. None of these make people bad. This is just exactly. the way that they accept mm-hmm. love. And again, physical touch, sex, all of these things, if that's in your relationship, that's a component of your relationship, that's an important part of your relationship, you need to communicate to your partner, this is important to me. Right. We need to do this 
Mm-hmm. More because often. some people just shy, and even outside of the realm of um, a romantic relationship, even if you're thinking about something more friendly, mm-hmm. um, just a pat on the back. Yeah, you know when you go, you go home to your parents' house, and um, you see them, you give them a hug. How you doing, mommy? How you sure. doing, daddy? You know, so like, as so, I think as soon as people hear that term. Mine goes to six, and, and there's nothing. <laughs> and the thing is, by all means, I'm I'm gonna defend anybody. There's nothing wrong with if you are in a relationship, a committed relationship, married, whatever, and that is a component of something that you need. There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing all wrong. of us, and as we talked about earlier, the the point and biologically, and we're so much past it because mm-hmm. we're more than that sometimes. Um, but biologically, the whole purpose of love is to Reproduce. To reproduce. Yep. Like that's why the body produces these chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's what it's trying to do. Right. So if you are not getting if you're in a relationship, you're not getting that component, that's a serious problem. That's just as serious as you're not communicating thing. And you know one thing I I watched this this video the other day and they were talking about frustration in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and they were talking about they were citing lack of sex as one of those one of those components. And they say that sometimes people are walking around so void and so like needing, so so like deprived that the very smallest thing sets them off in an argument. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's you should be so hard. Blah, blah, blah. It's like yeah. There's so much pain. Because again, it's like they've been rejected or they're being rejected or they feel like they're being rejected. So from the person who they love. From the, the person most, who they love yeah. the most and the person who they want this this communication from, this, yeah. this affection from. And to wake up in the morning to feel that sort of way every day or for a very... It's debilitating. It's debilitating Mm -hmm. and it makes everything more difficult. It's it's more difficult to stand... So suppose you don't like when the person fills up the garbage a certain way. If you are hopped up on oxytocin Mm -hmm. and you're hopped up on dopamine... And you hopped up on having this incredible sex life or just incredible life in general. Mm-hmm. Like it's very difficult for you to go off on the person and get vexed about, about that. You'd be, be like, oh, you know what? That's true. I'll That's deal minor with matters. It. <laughs> minor matters because I'm happy, you know? Yeah. But if the person is being rejected on this end and you're doing something that maybe they don't That's like. That's just going to amplify the situation. Maybe amplify it by a, by a thousand. You're, mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's like, why are you so angry? Why are you so vexed with me? This is something so small. Mm-hmm. No, you keep doing it. But it's like, you got to understand that pent up frustration ain't coming from that garbage the pent of frustration is coming from, from the lack yeah. and it, it's not just sex it's any one of these love languages could yep. be contributing to this you don't you don't talk to me enough you don't give me undivided attention you don't give me gifts you don't give me no, no, no acts of service yep. and no quality. you don't give me any of the things that I need my tank is empty I'm fed up with you mm-hmm. like I'm reaching to the point that I don't even know if I want to be in love with you anymore and I don't think a lot of people reach to these rocks in relationships and it's like we done for real like this is but it's not this really that there's a lack of communication because you did fall in love with this person they did for some rare shape of form at some point they used to do what you liked mm-hmm. to do so sometimes it's, it's not a matter of just starting over sometimes it's a matter of reassessing what used it's to make true. us happy or what used to make me happy and, and why don't we do it let's try to we need some practice mm-hmm. we don't know how to kiss anymore let's practice kissing mm-hmm. because I think to me I don't know how people feel but I think kissing is one of the most intimate things you could do with another human being it is it is definitely 
All right, so clearly I want to say thank you so much for being here on Thanks the show. Thanks for having show. me. It's been <laughs> a real roller coaster ride. It's just been a really good experience. I hope that you had fun. I definitely had fun chopping up everything. Oh, God, <laughs> it up. was amazing. All right, so the last thing we're going to do is we're going to do three statements that we are sure are false or uh, uh, incorrect. We say incorrect, not false because okay. it's incorrect. All right, so if you want to start, you can start. If you want, I can start. It's okay, so three each? Yes, we're going to do three each. Okay, so um, the chemical form formula for sodium is the letter K. That is absolutely false. Wait, wait, wait. What is it? It's N-A. Oh, yes, it is N-A. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't know that. If I thought about it, I probably would have come up with it. K is what? Phosphorus? Potassium. Potassium. Mm-hmm. Phosphorus is P. Yes. <laughs> I just feel like completely. Um, I was the best. When I was in high school, I was the best agriculture science student. You weren't? <laughs> no, not, not even close. Was, oh, my god! I was mediocre at best. <laughs> mediocre at best. Oh All right, number two, your turn. Um, I started learning the piano at 16 years old. You're lying. You started learning the piano, <laughs> I'm going to guess, at seven. Eight. Oh, God. Almost halfway a year. Halfway a year. Eight. Okay. Um... I am an amazing guitar player. I wish you were so you could teach me. I, was, I, was, I, I actually tried. I didn't. I I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, when you first start to play the guitar, you mess up your, your fingers. fingers. Yeah. I, I, I want to learn the guitar so bad. So you bad. could do it. There's YouTube. <laughs> you could do anything you YouTube, want to do. University of YouTube. University of YouTube. <laughs> it's a real thing. Okay, number three. This is the last one. Um. I am very proficient at anything that has to do with photography or videography. I know this for sure. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's incorrect. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's incorrect. Um, Definitely incorrect. Incorrect. I've never seen any shot from you really, other than your phone videos. No, just my phone. I'm accustomed to be on the other side of the camera oh. if I'm modeling, but bum, 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 definitely bum, 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 bum. not on, on the And you look great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so my last one. I love French. I love the language. I've you don't been, love French? Oh my God, I don't. Oh my goodness. I, to, 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 I don't know what that means. <laughs> you could be swearing at me. You could be cussing me mother. I don't know. <laughs> Literally. And I did it for two years. And I've learned nothing. Oh I learned how to God. spell my name uh-huh. in French, which is the same as English. So that makes me like proficient in French, at least spelling my name. Uh-huh. No, that's a joke. I <laughs> Steven is spelled the same way everywhere. It's everywhere, not, yeah. It's not, it's not different. So I don't know. I, I don't like French. No, I don't. I'm sorry. It's not that I don't like French people. Uh-huh. Just, the nah, language. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I'm dumb to that. I'm sorry. Well. Well, all right, guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Steven. I've been here with Kalia Davis. Um, My God. Um, We've had a good time today. Yes, definitely. Um, living, living that dream. Living that dream. Guys, Um, if you want to, you could check us out at objectivelyincorrect.com if you want to see all the episodes. Um, As usual, um, I want to tell you guys, thanks for listening and peace. Peace. No gang signs. <laughs>